Hello, 49ers fans. Welcome to another edition of Talking Touchdowns, which I may have to actually change the name of this podcast as I tweeted to Steph yesterday. Um, Steph, how are you doing? I am joined, as always, by SoCali. Steph, how are you, Steph? I'm doing well, Tracy. How are you doing? I am good. Uh, We have a great guest today, a contributor to Niners Nation, Patrick Holloway. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Steph. Hi, Patrick. Hello. Um, well, let's, you know, let's get down to it. The 49ers are now 0-2, which is probably not incredibly shocking. Uh, but they are 0-2, uh, having lost to the Seahawks. Um, I just got off the conference call with Kyle Shanahan a few minutes ago. Eric Reed will not need surgery, but he will miss this week, potentially beyond. Joukowsky Tart was listed as questionable if they had practiced today, which they didn't. But if they had, he would not have with a neck injury. Uh, Shanahan said he was hurting today, so we'll see how they, he is tomorrow, which means if he's hurt Thursday, they are going to be very thin at the strong safety position. So that is the news going into that. Um, there were some positives in the game, but I'll let you guys start the conversation there. Steph, why don't we start with you? I just saw the Kyle Shanahan news regarding Eric Reed. I can't say that I'm totally surprised. Um, I tweeted earlier that I really felt that it was a ligament injury, injury of some sort in the knee. Um, usually those are like caused by just direct hits straight up to the knee. It's not like the end of the world um, to have that kind of injury, but depending on the, the grade, which it doesn't sound like it's too bad, but it could be anywhere from one to, like, three weeks. So that's not horrible news, but three weeks could be very tough for the 49ers because their depth is just not there, uh, like you said, in the strong safety position. So I think it's concerning enough to wonder what's going to happen. I, I doubt he plays next week, um, but that's just my opinion on it. <laughs> Well, and at least they will have after the Thursday game, they will have that nice long break before their next game. I don't know if it'll be enough for him to play against the Cardinals, but it might be enough for him to be back the week after. But I guess we'll That's true. See. I totally forgot about the early. I forgot about that. But yeah, you're right. It's totally possible. Not I forgot about that too. Yeah, and Shanahan said on the conference call, as tough as this week is going from a Sunday to a Thursday game, the kind of the reward is that you get those three days off after the Thursday game. Um, so hopefully, just hopefully the, the 49ers can get through the game without any other injuries and then enjoy the three days off. Patrick, why don't we start talking to you a little bit about yesterday's game and some of the positives that we did actually see. I think the biggest positive that we can say, and I said this uh, at halftime, is what you're seeing on the field you're seeing the team that the 49ers want to be. You're seeing somewhat, I, I, maybe loosely, maybe it's strong, but you're seeing somewhat of an identity on the field of what they want to be. They're just not there yet. And you saw a defense. You saw what the defense was trying to do. You saw an offense through, well, mishaps, what they were doing. And we didn't see that, I felt, I personally felt, with the Chip Kelly era or the Jim Tom Sula era, you would see scheme after scheme from both those other coaches and say, what is? what are they doing? There is no rhyme or reason for some of the plays. And when you're watching the Niners yesterday and in week one, you're seeing a little bit more consistency. I'm seeing a team, the team that they want to be. They're just not there yet. 
And I made a comparison. I said, similar to when I'm reading a manuscript from an author, and I can see the story that they're just trying to tell, but it's clogged in a bunch of editing that they need to do to their book before it can really be a shiny novel. It's the same thing here. I can see the team the Niners want to be. It's just they're not there yet. They're still missing those pieces to really be the team they want. But we're seeing what, at least we can see something. We're seeing what they want, which is a huge plus, I think, already two games into the season. Yes, I think that's true, and I think we're seeing that identity come together, obviously at the moment, more on defense than on offense. I mean, I do think it was pretty imp- incredible that they kept Seattle to 12 points in Seattle, and granted, Seattle's offense is not what it was, and granted, their offensive line may be worse than the 49ers' offensive line, but certainly as bad. So this was a good place for that defense to work, but they were on the field for 77 plays, and I know Navarro Bowman said after, Eric Reed said after, they couldn't get the offense one more chance, but they were on the field for 77 plays. They held them to 12 points. If the 49ers can't score more than 12 points, it's not going to matter how good your defense is. So if this is, that's going to be a problem every week, um, I think that that's going to be an issue. I think we did see an improved offensive line with Lake and Tomlinson, but that also shows how weak the 49ers are at quarterback, or at least have been the last two weeks. Steph, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, I think um, the one standout, obviously, on offense was when Hyde ripped out that long uh, 60-something run when he broke through the line. And I think that that was really good to see because for a lot of people, they've questioned whether or not Carlos Hyde was going to be able to you know, be, be formidable in this offense. And I think he's showing or trying to show um, that he can. And, and he got a good block and he went for it. And I, you know, it was good to, it was good to see that. Um, there's a lot of holes in the offense. There's nothing, you, I mean, you can't really necessarily make excuse, excuses for it. We kind of knew what we were getting with Hoyer. Um, I can't say that, you know, it was really any bit of a surprise. I was hoping to see a little bit more. I hope, had hoped that Marquise Goodwin had caught a few of those passes that were, you know, intended for him. Um, so it's disappointing, but at the same time, it's good to see improvement. Um, it's a, it's kind of a catch twenty two because the defense can't sustain that, you know, week after week. I mean, there will be more injuries. There will be more. Um, times where the offense is going to have to step up, and we're in game two. So it's not pretty from my vantage point, but, you know, of course I'm always going to be hopeful, but, you know, you kind of have to wonder. And and I love what they're doing with the defense, and I think that's really great, building from the defense. But I'm just scared that there's going to be more injuries to come. Well, especially if they're going to have to be out there that often. I mean, they're going to be out there – that much then you know people wear down I mean even Eric Reed yesterday he went back in that game three times which I was wondering why he did that well you know Shanahan said today when they looked at him it didn't it didn't seem bad I don't know what happened you know he says that he Eric said he got his foot caught in the turf and it kind of twisted his knee a little bit so I don't know if it really wasn't that bad at that point and then he went in and got hit and then he went so you know, Shanahan said that at the time it seemed like the right thing to do. It wasn't that bad, and they felt like he could go back in until after that third try. Probably, maybe, in, in retrospect, he didn't say this, but 
I'm thinking in <laughs> retrospect, hindsight is 2020, and maybe you just keep them out the rest of the game. But at the end of the day, they are trying to win a football game, so I don't, you know, that's that's above my pay grade. Um, but you know, so that's I think a good example of what you are talking about, Steph. Um, yeah. And two, like, athletes will always want to go back in. It's just sort of their nature. I think, uh, you know, they've got the adrenaline going. They're, they want to win. They want to be out there. That's kind of like the DNA of an athlete, and especially someone like Eric Reed. You know, they, they, they're in it, and they want to go. So that's when the coaches have to come in and say, eh, no, 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 you know. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I'm not saying they made a good or bad decision, but sometimes it's like you can't always trust the athletes, you know, who say, I'm fine, I'm fine, because they will all say they're fine. If they say that they're not fine, then the huge flag comes about whether or not they're durable. So they always say that. And well, maybe. Yeah, the week, the week uh, Frank Gore cracked his hip a couple of years ago, he, he couldn't walk and he wanted to go back in the game and had to literally hide his helmet. To let people, to keep Frank Gore out of the game. He has a cracked hip. He wants to go play. Those those are athletes. And, you know, in fairness, maybe he was fine. You know, like he maybe twisted the knee a little bit and he was fine. And then something else entirely happened. So either way, he's not fine now. He's going um, to be out for a little bit. Um, you brought up, Steph, the Marquise Goodwin drops. Those are... Definitely concerning. I, I said in, in my article last night, and I said on Twitter, it doesn't matter how fast you are. If you don't have the ball when you get to the end zone, you they don't count it as a touchdown. So. <laughs> I'm going to add to that, too, because what's frustrating to me is, like, all last year when, oh, God, I'm bringing up the name that I'm not supposed to bring up, but, like, when Colin Kaepernick would throw the ball right and it hit him in the chest, you, you could name different receivers, actually. People would say there was no touch on it. But this one, I mean, Marquise Goodwin came under total fire. And I thought that was interesting, juxtaposition, considering maybe he doesn't have touch on it. You know, maybe he's not, you know, delivering the ball. So we'll see how this all plays out. But, you know, we have no idea what's going on there as far as the communication goes. But um, I, I kind of put some of that responsibility on Hoyer as well. Well, I think so. But I think the two passes that have have been been discussed and debated look like seem like they should have caught those um I think and even I will say I mean yesterday we didn't talk to Marquise after the game but after the first game he he was very open and wanted to talk to everybody and basically said like that's that was 100% on me I think there I think we could point to a number of passes that Brian Hoyer is not delivering on um I just think those two Especially yesterday's, I think, was even an easier pass. And it's something that's plagued Goodwin in his career. Um, so he's going to have to work on that. And then, you know, as far as Brian Hoyer goes, I thought, what did I say, Steph, week one or before week one, he's going to be the best Brian Hoyer he can be. <laughs> I think we're right. That's pretty much the truth. But I don't think we're seeing the best, best Brian Hoyer. Or maybe we are. Um but I don't know, Patrick, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Uh, I'll just go and take that. The, the worst Brian Horner at this point is still better than the best C.J. Bathard, if that's where we're going at right now. Because, oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you made, you made this comment yesterday. I made this comment yesterday to people. 
you do not if CJ Bathard starts, you you do not want that. He is clear he is not ready, especially in a Shanahan offense, which even Matt Ryan of all people had problems trying to figure out his first year. And I think Hoyer, he, he says he's not playing the best ball, but uh, the, the saddest part about this is is that with Hoyer, he needs to figure out the passing game quick or else those holes and hide runs that we saw are going to close up, especially against the Rams, and they're just going to dare him to throw it. And yeah. we're going to – I'm really worried about the Rams because you saw that great hide run step. I was just as happy as you were when I saw it, and then I'm thinking about what's going to happen, and all the Rams are going to do – and teams going forward are going to say, oh, well, Hoyer can't throw. Let's just stack the box. Good luck with that. And whatever. But at the same time, Hoyer is giving the Niners the best chance to win. And they might not win many games with Hoyer. But if they're going to win any games, they need to keep Hoyer in there. A hundred percent. The worst thing that would happen is for this to become a Brian Hoyer's T.J. Beathard quarterback controversy. Because, per- first of all, there's no controversy. I don't get why even people are going there. I can't even, like, fathom it in my brain. No, it's so confusing. (laughs) Did you see him in week two of the preseason? He was amazing. Oh, oh, okay. You know who else was really awesome during the preseason for one game? Jared Hain. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. That that pretty much sends my uh, aspirations there. I like C.J. Beathard, and I do think he has the potential to be. He's, he'll be. I do think he'll end up much better than Jared Hain. I just mean like you got just kind of to temper temper these was things. It you, was it you, Tracy, who made the comparison to Alex Smith and what happened when he was thrown into the fire? No, is Jennifer did that on our Facebook Jennifer Live, and she yeah. was and totally was right. Yeah, you put C.J. Beathard's not going to get any better if he's on his back, and. I want him to be hungry. I want him to be fighting Hoyer for that top spot. I, I mean, it's like you said. You want him to be wanting to get out there, injure, play, whatever. But I do not want to see him um, calling plays this season. If you do, it's it's just not good for his development. He needs to sit. He needs to learn the game. He needs to learn the system. And he needs to just really, this is the best, best thing in the world for him if this is the long-term solution that they have, which we don't know yet. We don't know what's going to happen. I also feel like, to be honest with you, and we talked about this yesterday on the Facebook Live, if Brian Hoyer got hurt, they'd sign someone else. I still don't, DJ Beathard still isn't going to start this season. No. You've got a guy taking one of the most difficult offensive systems in the league to learn, plus he's learning the NFL game, plus he's just not ready. You know, he's definitely, definitely not ready. And so I think, you know, as far as, Brian Hoyer goes he, that this is who he's the quarterback this year. I think everybody kind of just has to accept that and, and get used to it. He will be QB one. Um, yes. So, and for this year, that's the right move. They've made a decision to build like Steph was saying earlier in other areas first. And I think it's the right decision. I think someone we can talk about with a lot of positivity on the offense as well with his blocking was Kyle Uzcheck yesterday. Oh yeah. He was great. We really, we saw, um, you know, why he's there. I mean, aside from the fact that he, I think he does provide a lot of versatility and and is a weapon that can be used. Um, His blocking was A+. So there's that. (laughs) You know, really, if you were talking about, not just you, Chuck, for the whole line, I expected a lot more sacks to happen to Brian Hoyer yesterday, and I was pleasantly surprised. I mean, he still got nailed, 
but I was expecting the line to really collapse against the Seahawks defense, and I guess against one one of the proposed best lines of football, silver lining, they didn't you know really fold near as badly as I thought they would. I would agree with that. I would agree with that assessment. So next up on the agenda, of course, is the Rams. Now, historically, the 49ers do well against the Rams. I'm sure we all remember that's the only team the 49ers beat last year, twice. (laughs) So... Two teams in general. Yeah, so... I don't know if you remember this, but we had the first pick in the draft that day because Cleveland won, and then almost instantly we decided we wanted the second pick and beat the Rams. So... Well, I don't think, I don't think, just like Steph was saying earlier about athletes um, wanting to go back in the game, athletes do not think about draft picks. <laughs> no, no, they do not want to tank. Just look at the New York Jets. Those guys are fighting hard, even though the organization might have them in full tank mode. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's very true. So Thursday night, the Rams come to town. Um, I actually think the 49ers can win this one. I think they win this one. I'm giving them the win. So they don't even have to play. I've given them the win. Could call it now. Um, I actually agree with you. I I think that um, the Rams did not look nearly as good against the Redskins as they did in Week One against the Colts. I think Jared Goff is still um, vulnerable. He's improving, but he's still vulnerable. And if if our defense can play like they did yesterday, um, I think they can. You know, I think they can put some pressure on him and, and cause him to make mistakes. The wild card, of course, will be offense. They, the 49ers have yet to score a touchdown. They're bound to score one eventually, right? In oh, at some point. I mean, this is talking touchdowns. We're going with faith that this, there will be a touchdown at some point. However, Steph, this has been talking touchdowns for three years. We may really need to change it. Yeah. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, might, it's might be talking field goals. Time, I felt like for every single game with a field goal. And I remember being disappointed at that. Now I'm like disappointed. Data. I'm fine with the field goal. <laughs> You're like, points! There's like points! A stat, to remember, a stat to remember about the 49ers defense. I think when I was checking today, they're in the top 10 or top 9 defense in the league right now. And the Redskins are not in the top 10 or top 9, I don't think. So... Jared Goff is going to have a much tougher defense to face, and I, I really do think, agree with you, Tracy, I think this is a game the 49ers can win, but it's going to go back again to Brian Hoyer and can he throw the ball because uh, that Rams line is no joke, and you know they're just going to block him and dare him to throw it to Pierre Garçon to see what he can do. The other thing I think that we can maybe look at as a positive is, you know, yesterday Rashard Robinson said this after the game, and it's so true. He had a couple real close picks you know there were quite a few almost Mm -hmm. interceptions and a couple almost pick sixes really so Jared Goff is more prone to throwing those than Russell Wilson is at this juncture so that may be another place where the 49ers can get a touchdown just look that last throw yesterday if you you need a proof for that Mm -hmm. I think that's true I know Steph what are you thinking you're going to give him the win or are you going to be the more realistic of the two of us (laughs) Well, I mean, I always think that, I mean, I, I think that if there's any game they can win, it's probably, you know, against the Rams. I, I am concerned about the short week, obviously. Um, I think it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> on any given Thursday. <laughs> and and, and I'm, I'm hopeful. Like, I'm hopeful because it's really a sign of a team that can really come back and kind of suck it up 
put that game behind them and go forward. The one good thing and I, is the kids. I just feel so drawn to the personality of this team because they're all so young. They're so brand new and they've got so much spirit and they all have something to prove out there. So I'm, that is what is drawing me as a fan because I really feel like, gosh, you know, like what they put together against the Seahawks at, you know, home at their home, you know, it really, it says a lot about the, you know, tenacity of the team. And so I think that they have a lot going for them. It's, you know, nothing's going to come like super fast because it just doesn't do that in major league sports. But I think that, um, this team is special and I think that the building blocks are there. So I'm hopeful. And to be honest, I don't really care if they win or not. I just want to see the building blocks there and I, I want the foundation there. And I think what Kyle Shanahan and what John Lynch are trying to do is build that foundation. So whatever it takes, if it's a win that they need, then, so be it. And I think I think a win, I think a win means little for the success of the season because the team's going to be what it's going to be this year. And I think most, I think most of us have accepted that. Um, and I and I and I don't even mean that. Like I just think that's you know the reality of the situation. Yeah, it's just true. But I do think a win would do a lot because they're so young. I think it would do a lot for morale, um, and it would be obviously be great to go into that long week and a half with the win. But I think these kids, like, I think they're hungry and I think they have a lot of pride and they really want to win. And I think they want to win at home. I just, I kind of feel like that's going to overcome everything else. And I think the Rams are in a position that they can be overcome in that way. Yeah. I mean, it's a fair point. And I, and like I said, I, I agree about how hungry these kids are. So, you know, let's, Go Niners. <laughs> Go Niners. Not just that. I got some guys that are Rams fans at work, and I just want to make fun of them for losing to us. I mean, oh, that's that, fine. That, that too. And Rams fangirl, I mean, they were, she that was the only bragging rights I got last season was that we beat the Rams twice. So want to you know, keep up that perfect record. You know, Steph, to your point about the special things you saw, I want to bring this up because this is something I that really stood out. Russell Wilson on his first play from scrimmage, I think it was the first play yesterday, did a fake handoff to the running back and then turned around and started to do his Russell Wilson special, which is where he runs around the line and takes off. And if I remember right, just about every time he did that against the Niners, he would get about 10 to 15 yards. And the moment he did that for the first play yesterday, you saw the entire defensive line bite on the fake, Russell Wilson's turnaround taken off, and then waiting for him right there are, I think, two safeties. And he, you could tell Wilson flinches almost. He, like, you guys are here waiting for me? Like, he wasn't seeing it coming. And then for the rest of the game, he would try that, and it didn't work. Now, that play worked against the Fangio defenses, and it obviously worked against the two bad teams. But uh, he couldn't do what he usually did to us. And I, those were the things – I'm just bringing that up. Those are the things I'm agreeing with you, Steph – the special things you're seeing, because these are things you just have not seen the team do before or maybe haven't done so well, and these are young kids, and they're getting it. And maybe it, was exciting. it was exciting on a lot of levels. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you know, even the sack, was it Lynch that had the sack? I can't remember. He, had, he, he did have sack. a sack. He had a sack. Yeah, he did have a sack. Armstead had a sack, and I think Earl Mitchell had the other sack. One, one, yeah, one more, right? Yeah. yeah. 
It was Armstead, Lynch, I mean, it was good. I mean, it's good. Those are the things that build you up, especially on defense, to know that you're penetrating. So I thought it was really good to see all those things. And I'm not saying that Seattle's line is, like, spectacular. But Russell Wilson has this way of, like, I don't know, fairy dust or something that just, like, can get out of, like, some really precarious situations. So it's, it's... frustrating as you know as a fan it, it didn't happen until the fourth quarter it did happen to the fourth quarter yesterday which i was really happy about yeah absolutely yeah. and at that point i really <laughs> couldn't blame the but defense like you said, 77 <laughs> plays you know you're not gonna get get off the field after that you're just gassed <laughs> yeah which is totally fair and can't can't necessarily no matter how young they are you're gonna be exhausted <laughs> after 77 plays yeah, you're, you're you're done. Done. so we have two, two picks for the rams and one maybe is that is that what i got your two picks for the rams and one maybe or possibly i i mean i think they can win i just i'm not gonna i don't know i i, I don't know if my uh my optimism has been a little shattered it's totally <laughs> fair it's totally fair. I mean, it's, it's hard because like, I'll be like, yeah, yeah, they're going to be great. Um, this and I see this and I see that. And then I'm like, uh, it's like reality, you know? Pat- so, you know, I'm just, I like to approach a game with just sort of, okay, let me just watch this and let me just see and be more, I don't know, you know, try to, of course I want them to win. Of course I'm going to cheer for every single thing. But I, I find it's less disappointing in my life if I don't, you know, call a prediction. So. We can't lose them all, okay? It's not you can't win them all. We just can't lose them all. That, that's the way <laughs> that's I'm looking true. at it. Well, and it's Steph, hot. we'll see. If you're not making a prediction this week and they win, we may not let you ever make a prediction again. <laughs> that, may, that may be the key. That might be the golden ticket. Wait, remember Tracy, we thought they were going to be three for four. Yeah, we sure did. We picked three and one. Three and one was what we thought they would lose to either. We were gonna, we did three. We it was hilarious in our first podcast. I'm sure you all listened when we were like, they'll probably be five and eleven. It's a rebuilding year, and by the end of it, we had them three and one after the Arizona game. It's like I gotta, I gotta like slow down and check myself. Well, blowing up the Rams in week one didn't exactly help us with predictions because they actually looked good that week. And as I keep saying. This team, unlike the last two years, will be better in week 17 than they were week one. And that's more important than blowing out week one and then losing the next 14 games. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to take that um, for the time being. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us today. This was fun. Thank you for having me. Anytime. All right, guys. Well, go Niners. Go Niners. Patrick, you want to give us a go Niners? Oh, go Niners. I'm sorry. Go Niners. (laughs) All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.